<laughs> Sheena Craig, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so, so happy to be here with you. Likewise. Likewise. It was great that you saw what we were up to on the channel and thought that to comment, to reach out. And then we looked at your content and we got excited and sent you a message and so synergistic the way that those moments happen i was in a good mood watching it and usually i don't leave comments i just enjoy things even if i enjoy the, what i'm watching and something it was just deeper and i was just feeling good and it's kind of like being on the street too when you see someone and you like oh i like that ring or i like the shirt that they're wearing and most people kind of just keep those comments to themselves but those are the kind of comments that that should be shared it's yeah. very very interesting the temperature of the social uh like space right now because people are more used to sharing comments that are negative about something what they don't like or um yeah so i was enjoying it and wanted to express yeah, that yeah. and yeah. and transmit that to you so that you guys knew what you were doing and and that Thank it was you. appreciated. <laughs> Thank you. That's so crucial. We have this ethos that we've been sharing that if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it and in the sense try and find something nice to say yeah. as much as you can because you're talking to yourself. Yeah. And metaphysically, that's why the idea of Wu Wei or effortless action or channeling God consciousness or Christ consciousness or any of these high-level spiritual leaders that have been here teaching us how to behave at the highest levels of morality, they're all telling you that... You are talking to yourself. There yeah. is only one thing happening, and that's infinity expressing itself. So if you leave a negative comment to somebody, you're talking to yourself, another expression of yourself. Yeah, where it's just, it's mirrors. So it's how you talk to yourself in the mirror, it, how you go out and how you express yourself in, in uh, digital space, in all these different spaces, it's all just looking into the mirror. Yep. Yep. And by the way, whenever you get a comment or give a comment that is loving and kind, like a video, give a loving, kind comment, receive a loving, kind comment that like you described when you're on the street and that something really resonates with you and you say that that's a beautiful hair color you have, yeah. you know, I really like your the color of your eyes, love those shoes that you're wearing, that shirt has a really profound message on, message on it. The more that you say that, the more that you're spreading the love that all of these spiritual leaders talked about also. Yeah, and it's that easy. It's, it's that easy. Yeah. It's not something that has to be a grand gesture of, of love, but love is a every moment-to-moment -moment expression that even just smiling. Um, exactly. It, I play a game. I'm from New York City, and on the streets, I'll be walking down the street and try to count how many people are actually either smiling naturally or smiling back at me. Yep. So I'll yeah, just yeah, smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the time I'll get a reaction of the opposite effect where it's like something is off yeah, with yeah. her. Like, why is she smiling? 
and like I'm gonna give her a reason not to. So like I'm gonna take it away from yeah. from her. But it's, I, w- I want to be in my straight jacket in the economic machinery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely a two. It's it's a way of recognizing a tuning in yeah. in others to see where where they're at and how they respond and how quickly they're able to um, tune to you or you tuning to them like that that if you succumb to the like negative comments or the people trying to take the smiles away from you um you it's vibration yeah yeah you if 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 you you'll see that you match to them and you're like tuned is is weakened and and it's like oh you might be having a bad day and um that's why it's good. it's good to appreciate what the things that you do and the and what you do on your channel and to show the appreciation because then it can flip and totally transform your own energy to make yeah. it a good day. Yeah, people are constantly leaving comments that from different places around the world that are talking about the content reaching them, which is great. Love the yeah. platform's reach, which is awesome. Yeah, we live in a great time. We yeah, live in for such a yeah. wonderful time to have the ability to reach so many people in yeah. such a quick amount, in such a quick way. Yep. And people used to say to me, oh, you, you're born in the wrong time. You're like a hippie child. You should, should have been born in the 70s. And it's like, no, I can still be a hippie child now and bring those things with me into the age of how we've like we have computers in our hands at all times. And that's beneficial for uh, connecting quickly and um, in ways we couldn't do before. Super double edged. Yeah. Yeah. The, if you notice the subtlety of when that opening is present for the flow state to continue versus when the the hesitancy comes it's like that rumination that's like should i say this should I not? if you stay with the flow which is to make the compliment mm-hmm. then that's when we burst out of the bubbles of like hesitation and uncomfortability mm-hmm. and we become more comfortable with what's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and that helps us grow. Yeah. It, peel- it peels off that filter of not needing to know that you're saying or doing the right thing. And even if it's, let's say it comes out in a negative way or it's perceived in a way you didn't expect. That's a, an experience. It becomes an experience. Everything is an experience. So yeah. to be a, uh, in fear of your expression of especially if it's a, a an expression of pure love and appreciation um it's it's silly it's yeah. silly <laughs> yeah yeah Lao Tzu said that fear is the greatest illusion it's so salient you are literally in your home right now you know this is your home this is our home this is what we made as our creation to explore and to play and to get to know ourselves better and to have fear when it's only all expressions of you is such an illusion yet there's also a strong tendency for us to 
as we awaken, we recognize the power of the now. We recognize how the now is perfect. We recognize that everything happens in that now. We recognize. And it's always right now. So I tell people when they are in a bad mood or they're sad about something, it's always right now and it's always going to be right now. Right now. Like right now. (laughs) And now. Yeah, the Zen masters used to use the... To draw attention to the salience of the now. And that's one of the most... It almost has such a reverberation Mm -hmm. that it, it really shows how to have deep gratitude and love and appreciation for that, that which is this, that which is this, that which is this. I love sound bowls to hear the echoing of that vibration. That's, that sound is, is kind of, can be kind of jarring with us. If you ever hear uh, of a sound bowl and it's just keeps going into infinity, and if you meditate on it, when you hit that ball or when you're spinning it and you hear it vibrating, it's so beautiful to follow it. And then it feels like it's going inside of you. It's going in you. Yeah. Yeah. The, those Tibetan singing bowls are very omi. They're the om. <laughs> They're the underlying as is said in the Dzogchen tradition, it's very much the Rikpa. It's very much the the ground, which is this void emanating all possible expression of form creatively, endlessly. Do you feel like, do you feel quite like an expression of infinity do you feel like you are that which creates this and that you are reflecting on your own on a good day <laughs> on a good day yeah, yeah. but they're all good days it, it takes practice to realize the awareness that they all have the ability to be good days no matter what's happening on them in them for them um yes i have had in the past a struggle with expression and it it felt like there was like there was weight like being a human was walking through sand trying to as an i knew i was artistic i knew i loved colors i knew i loved music and uh, i knew i loved expressing myself when i'd allow that to happen and it felt like for a while i was going through sand with a backpack of bricks on my back, whether it be holding on to a bad relationship, holding on to past traumas, those things weighted the ex- the weightless and pure expression that always could come through. And I journal a lot, and I remember drawing a picture in my journal of me kind of cramped up, like sitting with like a little pen being like, when is she going to let me out? I'm here too. And we can play. (laughs) And like, she's not aware of me. She's just kind of running the machine and making the body move from place to place. And 
I remember breaking through that and what it felt like to take off those weights and to allow myself to just express and not constantly try to feel that it had to be a perfect expression. It didn't have to be perfect. It happening was part of the perfection. Exactly. And that was, it took a practice to get to that point. Um, it's layers. It comes off those, those weights. I feel like it's a veil. I remember going to Mexico and seeing, uh, in the cenotes, they had the stalactites and the stalagmites and they told us the story of how they grow and they are, it takes hundreds of thousands of years for these things to grow. And it starts off as just one light layered of a dusting on top of the water and then years go by and it starts to calcify and build and build and build and build and build and then you have this like wand of of rock and that's kind of like what i visualize that type of weight and layer being like like compressing our expression is that it might be one comment that one negative look that someone gives you when you were in preschool about something like if you sang a song and just go and just said blah and maybe someone that you a friend of yours or someone in the class looked at you funny but you're too we're too young to process what that means or that it is it's just meaningless they might have had gas or something um and so you take that in and might translate that as what i did wasn't good or what i did isn't right uh or it made someone uncomfortable and you start to become almost too aware of the other as opposed to i feel like pure expression is you're in the awareness that you and the other are the same like we started off saying that it's just me and you you and me everything is us is i Mm -hmm. and um that's how the pure expression i feel it can ends up coming through is when you start to say you know what i want to express myself i appreciate expressing i appreciate letting that out of me no matter what it's gonna look like sound like feel like because when it comes out it's out and then there's more that can come through and there's good layers underneath like the hardened weight layers there's those those layers of light and uh such joy that could come out of your expression yes yes almost as though the the process of in a sense when you go when you go in on those on those onion layers they at first when you have the formation of the egoic identity that those feel like weights like bricks in the backpack yeah and then as you shed the layers we peel those layers inward towards source and then as we go outward then we have love for form we have love for our uniqueness our firework Mm -hmm. and not they don't feel like bricks anymore they don't feel like weights you start loving that weirdness where before when someone says you're weird you would think that that's something that's upsetting but when someone says you're weird like yeah i'm so weird (laughs) like i'm the weirdest yes yes massive you appreciate it and like it yeah yep yep and then 
I liked also the analogy that you were giving around the stalagmites that you have these sort of on a planetary level, you can think about it just like the billions of years of evolution that it took to get here. And as you saw in the in the Law of One video mm -hmm. that we published around the seven densities, it's yeah. basically like the martial arts belts. You know, it takes mm -hmm. it takes a while to get up in the evolutionary process to the point where there can be the secretion of the creatures in the dreamed creation where they can reflect back on their own source and then that they can undergo this process of distinguishing between egoic identity versus identity as infinity yeah and then it becomes so fun because it's like right now is so perfect also because it's the height of the the transparency in the levels of consciousness slash awakening in people's beings is very visible yes i was just gonna say something that came to mind is the the idea of it feels like ego is almost the inhale it's like a tightening and it's like and and then the source of of us as the like feeling the source is expressing that exhale but both are both are required for existence yeah it's not that we have to shed an ego to the point where it's it, it's just source it's 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 that interplay it's that yin yang well to, it to requires do it, both to do it well yes it totally does and to do it well one goes all the way inward you gotta go inward, inward first, first to go, go outward, outward right. right. Yeah, it's a sure cause of delight. <laughs> it's yeah. the best delight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so great. I'm so grateful oh for my you. You care. Just you looking care. into a mirror. So, I'm yeah, so that's right. Yeah. To be here yeah. is absolutely fantastic. It it was not expected. Um I study a lot of the law of attraction and on an everyday basis I listen in to tune to a positive being a positive place and i it's almost like i was looking for you for the the whole channel but but i wasn't it came naturally like it was something that just as a thought like i would love to hear someone say this type of energetic vibration in another way yep, yep. for fun yep. just like saying here's a painting and here's another painting yeah yeah and yeah you guys came up on my feed and it was just like instant and then that to the comment to the response to the call to the facetime to the appointment here boom manifestation at it. its finest yeah <laughs> yep yeah that's probably the core of the seeking impulse which is sort of in many ways seen as the truest thing about us is kind of like the absolute GPS callback. Bentinho Massaro calls it that. I really like that a lot. It's like you know that what you're being called to is the, as Sri Aurobindo and the Mother Mira Alfasa say, they call it the well of honey that's located under the rock. And so that's 
the seeking impulse that has been roaring in me is that. And then it's just been like you described the constant seeing how it's being painted by Orbindo and then seeing how it's being painted by Rupert Spira Mm -hmm. and Muji and all these different teachers that are both modern, but also going back into the mystic traditions and seeing that many of them actually communicate archetypes, stories that teach so precisely you can't get past an archetype. You know, an archetype in essence means it's the most extreme example. You can't go any further than the extremeness of that example. Mm -hmm. So like the parable of the prodigal son, right? So you're, you're looking at something that many people would refer to as, you know, some sort of ancient Abrahamic story that has no meaning anymore in, in, in life, but it is an archetype of the, as we gave in the visual, that very egoic, dense, sort of backpacked with bricks identity that goes out seeking peace and happiness in Maya, in the Sanskrit tradition, in this intoxicative illusion that then ends up turning backward after enough getting the poop beat out of them repeatedly that then goes back to the father and then the father is consciousness it's awareness it is infinity it is source and so you can't tell a story any more archetypally extreme than that yeah uh, the hero with a thousand faces by joseph campbell Mm -hmm. that's that's um taught with storytelling when you take a write a writing class or a storytelling class because that's basically the the plot that they say there's seven basic plots of all the stories it's man versus man man versus himself and 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 all of that and the hero with the thousand faces i think is it it spans across all religions it's the hero's journey yep uh where you get a call you start off as like an ordinary person you get a call you deny the call then you answer the call and then you go on a quest and then you learn things, discover things and you come back a changed person <laughs> and you're enlightened. Like, you literally can't go any <laughs> it's like bullet m- more archetypal than like, the here's your journey. religion. Yeah, go yeah. start it. <laughs> it's it's so it's so beautiful that this is the game. The whole point of the game is for us to do what these archetypal stories teach you know you do undergo as much as we are already perfect that's the non-dual understanding there's nothing to seek it's already perfect yet in the dualism there's also the recognition that we are absolutely on a trajectory of evolution and awakening in the densities of this dream. And source is at a level of right now, more than ever in this expression, a point of such 
reflective mirroring intensity that it makes it such an insanely cool playground to be at. So like your hero's journey has the ability to butterfly effect outward on the mimetic information technology scale to hit four or five billion people ha that have access to a device simultaneously. Look, speaking of a device, the Quest, the Oculus Quest, yeah. only a year or so ago, it's been recent that they became available and it's it's wireless. It You don't need sensors in the room for it. You don't need a huge computer to plug it into and it's affordable. It, it's with the kind of phones we have it's it's a, compared to that it's very affordable and so i experience that a lot of people like vr was introduced to me by my brother who's who's into tech and when he first put the goggles on you're in another reality instantly and to feel that and then take off the goggles and be like wow i'm, I'm still in this room but then you can go to like this morning i was walking around uh was it machu machu picchu yeah um and That's great. I, yeah yeah and the the best is when people are they're always they always look up because, <laughs> because we're used to screens in front of us but this vr is all around us it's all around and i feel like that ability is really getting um so like it's, it's so it's it's evolving so much that that's giving that's going to give us a really really neat experience um it gives us huge insight into the nature of our reality yeah yeah we're 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 duplicating yeah literally we're duplicating reality yeah and then being able to experience it, it like that if that's not time travel yeah i don't know what is once the graphics match with um with like how it feels to like see with our eyes, like with how, how tiny cameras are and how, how much they can perceive, how much light they can take in. It's gonna be like, how are we gonna tell the difference? And I like to talk about this simulation theory all the time. It's like, yep. we are biological. We believe and perceive that we're biological, but with VR, they have, let's say, coming up with something like a pressure suit where it's has like nodules the haptic feedback when yeah. you yeah. squeeze like if you had the suit on and i did and i squeezed your arm in totally. the re virtual reality yeah, yeah. like you'd feel it that's then using all the senses visual audio like if they, they could get smell somehow once you've caught once you've got all the senses covered how are you going to remember that you're even in the vr system if you're in it for long enough <laughs> Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, th I, I feel like we are in some kind of like it's, the word is not the the word I would use of virtual, but it could. It's it's something like that. It's a projection of something that what we are is somewhere else, but also here because we're witnessing it. Yeah, we talk about the metaverse a lot on the show. It's funny you can go back like thirty thousand years and you can see a cave painting and you can be like. Technically, that story happened like <laughs> a year or two ago, and they're letting us know about how to handle the proper animal attacks or which places to go and hunt for food. And so it's interesting because now you look at a couple thousand years ago, the ability to then turn symbols on sheets of 
papyrus into mm-hmm. something that's also passed down for a thousand or more years. And so yeah, it's kind of like we've been amazing. We've been doing this almost and not necessarily always recognizing the importance of it. Like right now, also with the technological devices that are so powerful that we have, it's funny thinking about how ungodly, incredibly, amazingly powerful they are and how much they've accelerated our ability to manipulate bits and symbols and share messages and ideas and execute and drive globalization and drive so much of basic needs being met on the planet all these types of things and like typically when you're in the middle of it we're not always fully aware of the profundity of it because it's just feels so fleeting and so it's almost like a practice that has to be done in order to really have this child like awe mm-hmm. it's the presence it's the presence of of what was where we're constantly wrapped up in what was or we're thinking about what could be and what is going to be that it kind of robs us of what is or nothing mm-hmm. is as robert anton wilson said he be, he's careful to use the word is um what it's it's he, like here just being here when we're lost or anxious or depressed that's our minds and our focus and our awareness not here that's somewhere else because if we were here it would just just like a kid it's it's kind of not not i wouldn't say add because that's that's such like a hot word to make us think that something is wrong with that kind of thing but spontaneity the ability i i call it the the cookie effect the ability to when i was a little girl i lost my father i'm four years old and i go up to my mom and i say where's where's daddy i want daddy i'm sad and she says he's not coming back i'm sorry and I say, okay, well, can I have a cookie? And here's a cookie. And okay, great. I'm going to continue and go play and be present and say, okay, well, I don't have this, but I have this. And it's just that constant calibration mm. back so, to the what, moment, back what, to what you have. Yeah. Yeah. What we are. Yeah. And you said something before, um, like we've been doing this, like the evolutionary process, we've been doing this, but it's, it's more like, we are it yeah it's yeah it's kind of like doing us yeah totally (laughs) totally yeah we do ourselves with this totally we are both perfect and perfecting it's like a metaphysics of endless perfection and that's like the coolest possible thing you could imagine is like sending yourself out for a 13.8 billion year evolutionary dreamed ascension enlightenment recognition of your true nature you like veil yourself and then you're like i don't know who i am and then you're like oh my god i was this the whole time um type thing and like mm-hmm. that's hella fun and like there's all the different ways that people find themselves and there's all the different ways that people express themselves and so the finding is like the inward like oh i found myself this way and like the expressing yourself as the firework outward and there's Mm -hmm. there's like nothing cooler than this game and like what you described earlier was the metaverse which we talk about a lot it's like the synthesis of agi and sort of bio and neurotechnology and 
like the blending these, it's these happening like the blending of the two the blending worlds as well and and exactly what when you get to a point where there's so many refracted indistinguishable virtual worlds that you're kind of just exploring that you've lost understanding of whether you're in one or not and that's what this is and so we're the publishers and the players and that how many layers how many nested parts are there and just the way to answer that question is is that at the end of the day the way that the expression is happening is eternally in every direction infinitely in every direction you are it and that's sort of the most shortest way of saying you can talk about all these layers you can talk about all this nesting all you want but you are it that has been doing this and that will keep doing this. Because sometimes we can get obsessed with whether we think that this one is nested in this specific way or if it's nested in that specific way or how many layers there are and all mm -hmm. these questions. And the answers are always just endless. Like you are it. You are source. You are this that's currently happening. So just be that. You are what you seek. Be Enjoy that. yourself. Enjoy it. <laughs> Even yeah. like the dramas and like the all the um, entertainment. It really we're just entertaining ourselves. And <laughs> and Alan Watts says at the end of the day we're all or Ram Dass said we're all just walking ourselves home. Yep. <laughs> we're all just yep. walking ourselves home and yep. watching a river of a reflection of us go by. Yeah. Yeah, and Shakespeare said that the world's a stage, stage yeah. right? And all of us are actors and actresses. And Ram Dass is right, walking each other home. In the law of one, it's very much like the evolutionary ascent in this octave, just this endless refracting, reflecting. It's the reflecting of the mirrors through the Godhead, which refracts a whole new expressionary cycle in the next octave. So this is the third density right now that's evolving into the fourth density which is very mm -hmm. much like a like a martial arts belt that is like being a stone age primally driven cave person versus being a holding the Christ or the Buddha archetype 24/7 Mm -hmm. that's the next density. You know, that's where you want to go. You want to be that. You want to do that all the time. That's you not in your natural state. That's like the natural state. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is very daunting for people because they're like, oh my God, you mean like I have to be radiate bliss and peace? Like I have and to ascend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suffering's I have to be coming. joyful all the it's, time? It's the, dr the drill sergeant is coming whether we want it to or not. You know, you may as well answer when it's a feather instead of a sledgehammer. Mm -hmm. You may as well because it's going to come back if you don't. It's going to come back if you don't. It's the only force you know, in Sanskrit traditions, it's called Chit Agni or Chit Tapas. It's the consciousness fire, the consciousness energy, that that force that is creating this ascension is the truest thing. Mm -hmm. It's coming. 
It's always knocking. Now, do you think that the concept of the Ouroboros, how oh, yeah, a lot of us rating. are, a lot of us are on like all different. I don't know if you can zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, I'll bring. Yeah, I'll also bring it into the. Let's see how. how I feel like our our ascension is where we are on the part of the snake. Are we towards the head and the mouth, the thing that's chomping, or are we down the spine of it and towards the end, the thing being chomped? That's a great. Que- <laughs> it's a great question. On this cycle, it's been talked about how like the experience of what you're we're, having. We're basically there. Yeah, we're basically at the very end of this. The idea is that the kind of the last stage is the recognition of who we are. We're at that stage right now. And then if it's true that the metaverse, like what we're talking about regarding diving into all these indistinguishable virtual worlds, that's within 100 years. That, I was just, you yeah. read my mind. I yeah. was just going to say, what do you think? What do you think and perceive as the time frame of when we're through to the next level? Yeah, well, we're doing them. The inward and outward are happening at the same time, like going outward into the cosmos is happening at the same time that we go inward into these worlds. Mm -hmm. And it'll be fun to kind of play between. What are the things? What are the. I was I don't know how to word it, but manifestation, like what what would be the like, oh, this is happening now. Like when we said, oh, cell phones with FaceTime. Our parents would say to us, uh, that was only on Star Wars, on when it was on movies, and they were just using their imaginations. When does imagination become reality? Like, when do you think that that shift of the hundred years, like in a hundred years, is it the flying cars that are self-driving, or is it that we're we have the Neuralink from Elon Musk, and we're like cyborgs? Like, what is what is it personally? It's 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 the moment when you can't tell the difference. Yeah. That's it. You were describing all of the sense perceptions, right? When those are fully accounted for. I mean, mm-hmm. that's in a sense, the Greeks called it anamnesia, right? You're trying to remember. And like, you just got to remember yourself as the infinite creator that made this. And once you remember yourself as the infinite creator that made this, then you realize that you are the infinite creator that makes what's next. It's like deja vu, like the concept of deja yes, vu. Remembering yes, like, yes. Ah, haven't yes. we been here before? Yes, yes. Haven't yeah. we been here? Yeah. It's such a lovely feeling. <sighs> well, because you know yourself. <laughs> That's why, you know, it's the comfort of getting to a place where you've recognized your nature to the point where you no longer even identify with the body itself. Right. This is this is the key is the netty netty, not this, not that approach to enlightenment and awakening is recognizing that you have to decline all of the things that you're not. You have to negate all of the things that you're not in order to recognize what you are and Mm -hmm. then you include on the way out everything. So you decline that I'm not the body, I'm not these thoughts, I'm not even the consciousness or awareness that is the sky for which these clouds appear. I am only the one infinite creator. I am only source 
endlessly expressing all of these creations. I am only that. That is my only truest essence. That is it. And then on the way out, now you can include all of these layers. It just kind of goes right back to the first thing that we were talking about. You, the, the layers on the onion of form, you know, Shana Craig no longer thinks that it's a brick backpack because she's not trying to extract peace and happiness from the world mm-hmm. because she's bringing it's, peace and yeah, happiness bringing it out to from the, within. From within, yeah. Because you know yourself. Right. And so that's when your form becomes like the firework rather than the burden or the over-identification with the body. Yeah. yeah. Instead of the, what am I supposed to do? What do I have to do? It's, it, and it, it's just in the moment to moment existence and being it comes to you by you knowing yourself and you knowing that it's easy and you can allow it to come through you instead of doing it instead of it you do it you let it do you like yes. i was talking about yes. before you yes. let it you let it do you yes yeah, fully surrender to that consciousness force that we're talking about. It's yeah. fun to play because it becomes it's more playful than work. I it is uh, never wanted to ever be a nine to fiver. I never wanted a job like that, and so I figured out okay, well I can entertain. So I'm gonna start a company, and I did face painting, party entertainment, all kinds of fun things. That's fun. I started getting hired for events that usually people would pay to go do. I would get paid to do it. And so it it was great at first, but then it started to be confused as, well, I I play for my work. And so when am I actually playing if I'm playing for work like does when you put a monetary value on it does it become work or when you're not enjoying it like the term work is like the negative way of saying playing like focused playing or intentional playing so doing that like once you uh, like once you confuse the two of like work and play like being even just being can be work maintaining the body you got to brush all the teeth and you got to brush the hair and put on clothes and shave or whatever it is to maintain the body you got to drink and eat and all that stuff um that can become work too and so if we see that and appreciate like wait I have a body like there was a time that I didn't when I was just observing and the reason I came into existence was to be able to take care of this thing like why people become parents they want to take care of this thing and that's us like if we turn that back to yeah. ourselves self-appreciation and self-love with yeah. something as simple as body maintenance I used to, as a teenager I would brush my hair and be like oh it's so it's naughty I gotta brush it as fast as I can but then you take that and you can make that into a meditation where I actually and present with myself and say, I love my hair, I love whatever it is, and I love to take care of that. Like talking to that inner child, the way that you would talk to your own child or the way that you would talk to your loved one, your friend, uh, your sister, your brother, that's the kind of self-talk that uh, I had to develop because at first it it was rough. 
it was like it was all it was all negative how come you can't do this better you don't get this right you're not smart enough and then you flip that into this is easy everything's gonna work out it's all gonna be okay because it always does and it always is on a long enough or short enough timeline it works itself out whether you plan it out or not and if you just relax into that knowing it becomes so pleasant to be with yourself as if you are your own loved one yes be the feeling of being in love dr bruce lipton one of my favorite uh Mm -hmm. spiritual biologists i guess he would Mm -hmm. call himself wrote the honeymoon effect and the biology of belief and the honeymoon effect where the idea of like when you find a lover in someone else and that feeling of even going to the grocery store like hey babe can i get you some groceries and and you want to you want to serve that you yeah. want to it it gives you so much joy, joy. to give and to yep. um experience with them that doesn't require that feeling of the honeymoon effect doesn't require another person nor does it have to end when you get used to the everyday things like, oh, okay, it's been years and now I got to go grocery shopping for this person. Like, why did I do this? <laughs> you start questioning it. So it's, it's, it's always like a, a, a delicate balance of bringing it back to the, the recognition that it's, like you said, coming all from within you outward instead of outward in. Like, what's going to make me happy or like, how can I make what's around me joyful? Because that then just reflects back and what you give you like what you put out you you receive back because it's you giving to yourself yeah yep. <laughs> but just the the whole identity thing i think people have a uh, hang up on is identifying everything outside even this everything can be broken down into atoms and we're made of that this is this mic is made of that this chair is made of it the fire everything is just in a different form but it's that infinity expressing itself in an infinite way um we express and get like the feedback of of that and i it's just the best (laughs) yeah it's the best (laughs) yeah the knowing yourself is Satchitananda, it's existence, consciousness, bliss, truth, consciousness, bliss, because you really do see the endless bliss and peace that is the natural state of now, of your very timeless being. And it's something that requires subtlety to recognize because it's always present, but we're very gross and physical and egoic and that makes it more difficult to see. And I like also, as you're giving the example of the honeymoon effect, you really do want to treat yourself like you're taking good care of yourself. Like you're in love with yourself. You should be in absolute love with yourself. And that's what also a lot of people say is the sexiest thing about people is not to a narcissistic extent Mm -hmm. when it's, all about self-dealing for an egoic entity but when it's complete love for the same source that is shared among us all and also when it's love for service to other being in service to people at the absolute highest morality where you basically get hella joy from serving other people like 
at some point you get so good at knowing how to shut the fuck up and ask a good question and just shut up and let people talk and like listen to them intently because you know that you're listening to yourself tell a story. Mm-hmm. How much harder does it like? Does it's not that hard. Like it's just you. Once you kind of you so get easy. that, yeah, it's so easy. You're listening to yourself tell a story, and so you want to be present for yourself to tell that story. Now, there, another part of the law of one teachings do have to do with recognizing what grace is and recognizing what wisdom is and this sort of evolution from the fourth to the fifth density is understanding wisdom wisdom in itself is really difficult to figure out how to master like a jedi because you become like you want to be serve everybody you want a honeymoon effect love everywhere Mm -hmm. and you can't do that actually Mm -hmm. because there are just certain levels of existence still for certain expressions of the source where if you serve with love that the vampiric egoic energy will drain and drain and suck and suck and wisdom is knowing how to gracefully distance yourself from that absolutely and so then that you kind of figure out how to balance love and wisdom and then they merge into one in the sixth and then in these octaves you can see the idea of once a civilization recognizes that they're here to explore themselves as one infinite creator they basically begin accumulating like a shared consciousness like a shared ledger of all of their awakenings and experiences and then as they ascend to the point where the the source light refracts again into the next exploration you basically deposit all of the learnings of that civilizational exploration pre-refraction and then you go again mm-hmm. and like you just see you'll never get to the end of the Ouroboros of the source light refracting over and over and over again because you'll never get to the end of all of the combinations that are possible. Even the mathematicians and logicians that are some of the greatest that have ever lived like Kurt Girdle, you will never get to the end of all of the possible combinations of math just like you'll never get to the end of all of the possible combinations of consciousness. You'll never get to the end of all phenomenology. Or desire of like your own desire too. I feel like people put a time on... Uh, their accomplishments and what they're supposed to do as a human and they'll never get it done and so that's that's a nice idea because then there's nothing to race to there's nothing to rush to like we're all in this rush like we need to learn as much as we can and do as much as we can and we have to catch up with technology because it's going so fast and it's like whoa 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 we can allow it to work with us and slow down enough. It's the, the parable of the tortoise and the hare. The hare runs so fast and sure, maybe logically on some level, the hare's going to go faster and get through. But it misses, like the tortoise is trucking along and the hare's running it around in circles thinking it's going to win and taunts it even. But then you realize it gets so tired, it falls asleep and the tortoise was consistent and just enjoying the ride so what i always say is it's a ride uh bill hicks the comedian says it's just a ride 
don't get too invested when people try to say you got to take this seriously and you need to uh, focus on this or do this. Um, It becomes kind of it. it, It's kind of funny because they're taking it so seriously. Don't take anything too seriously. Literally anything. Nothing has to be serious. And like you said, there's a way of grace. There's one thing about making like being a clown or, or something like that, but there's a way of gracefully not taking it seriously. And yeah. that's, I think, the, the idea of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a analogy that is so deeply resonant with the indigenous traditions around the planet, which is basically like, you may think that you as the younger brother that is engineering artificial general intelligence in a planetary race to who's going to make the the dominating algorithms first is the coolest possible thing which younger brother loves to tinker right that's that's the story that they use the older brother is constantly trying to remind the younger brother how to engineer and tinker and create in harmony with the planet that literally sustains the life. So if you don't know that the 20,000 inhalations that you take every single day are coming from the photosynthesis of the phytoplankton, the trees, you're not going to give a shit if the oceans acidify. You don't or if care. they're cutting down the trees for, and for what reason. And so, so when you get to the level of feeling, you know, you have 100,000 heartbeats every single day. You know, you have a thousand species of bacteria that are living inside of your gut microbiome that you have a symbiotic relationship with. Once you sort of get to the recognition of that style of unity, that drives a whole nother level of consciousness to where you no longer allow egoic manifestation because you're constantly dissolving it in your peace and in your bliss and in your architectures that have so much inclusive stakeholding and goal congruence that there is no room for ego to enter into that. Like if you have, we were talking about this a bit on the roof actually before we did the show. I wish we could do the the show from the roof. From the roof, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, one day <laughs> yeah well, yeah exactly yeah this the the, sl- the a-frame roof with a interview trying to happen on it that's hilarious yeah the, it would be a balancing act it's a balancing that is act. life it's just life <laughs> yep yep yeah the we were chatting a good amount about <laughs> the smart contracts and decentralization and inclusive stakeholding and equity structures that basically incentivize the goal congruence on a planetary level where you no longer have to, in a sense, worry even about egoic levels of consciousness trying to enter and manipulate. And that's why the most upstream thing that we're dealing with right now is really egoic consciousness, especially in positions of leadership around the I planet. Was, yeah. You're a mind, we're so connected. Cause I was just gonna say the Ooh. idea of like, people talking about Trump and how uh, he's apparently going to be running again for 2024. And it's just, it makes me laugh. Cause I'm not really too worried about it. I feel like he actually helped people wake up and pay, pay more attention 
just like the concept of COVID, it could be seen as something scary, but it could also be perceived as something that actually brought us more together in the sense of like we had to physically separate and that made us want and want to be together. I think it's a it's a cool type of reset socially where people are begging for places to open up again so that we can gather when now we can appreciate each other being in even small groups way more than than before so there's always that silver lining that we could find and um that in in like the ego structure and then source like we it's always okay like it's always gonna be okay yeah it's purposely here for the evolution for the ascent it's purposely here the egoic levels of consciousness in the leadership around the planet when you you know you basically feel the 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 most clear example is like high fructose corn syrup Mm -hmm. right you there's absolutely no motherly love in high fructose corn syrup you know it's almost like you're trying to get an iv of heroin into your child like it's It's the quality the quality of the chemical like because the sugar is we're all it's all chemical it's all that kind of form but the sugar it's just the quality of form it's like the idea of they take a b and c quality you have an apple you have applesauce and you have an apple pie and so the sugar in an apple is the most natural the most natural form you pick it off the tree it's got that most life in it it's the it's consu- like quality of consuming i should say not even mm-hmm. with just food but the quality of consuming and that's kind of like social media too with people being able to just put up anything, anytime, the quality of consuming, like the amount of consuming, it's it's more like quantity now. It's more focused on quantity. How much can we consume versus yeah. the quality of what we're consuming? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so, that's so <laughs> like good. the apple pie thing. I, I did because actually, it's 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 really salient because. Um, because in in many ways the especially here when the apple is picked at the farm it actually has the least ethylene which is the stress hormone mm-hmm. that comes from plants or and just like the cortisol in animals like just like the cortisol exactly yep precisely so just like the cortisol mm-hmm. and so the this was a Jun Yoon who is actually also the one that not only communicated the the ethylene the the stress hormone just like cortisol like you were saying but also the passing along of wisdoms like inclusive stakeholding which is very beautiful because it plays perfectly with this so you basically you want to have a planetary architectures and protocols that maximize everybody's hilarious enough share of the pie of the growing pie again <laughs> we're just crushing it with all these interwoven analogies don't even have to try i know yeah there's the, <laughs> just letting it just flow let it happen, just letting it flow which is one of my favorites let it happen let it happen let it happen let it happen, let it happen. I'm uh, forever, forever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we have all of these great, you know. It's just basically now we have to use memetics and music and stories and digital content to tell on a planetary level how to 
architect the protocols because what's going to happen is that consciousness, the level of awakening is mirrored in the protocols of the planet. So basically, this is directly related to the egoic levels of consciousness versus enlightened levels of consciousness and where they're at in terms of the most powerful people on the planet. So there's a direct feedback loop between the planetary protocols and architectures and the level of consciousness. For example, you know, you take 30 years ago, Silicon Valley deciding that, you know, now we're going to have vested shares over cliffs, one year cliffs. So meaning that, you know, you could get ownership at a company for as an employee over every year you would earn 10, 20,000, mm-hmm. whatever shares. And so because of that, you now have people that feel like they have a share, a stake in the sh- growing pie. They're part of it. They're part yeah. of it. And so we as a whole planet must figure out the proper tokenomics, smart contracts, architectures, given decentralization, cryptocurrencies, all of that that's evolving to make it so that all 8 billion of us have a equity stake in the planets, including the environment that actually sustains the life and nourishes it. So all of that needs to have its components. Like you're not actually going to be happier. This is like, you know, this is the thing. You you still have people that think that they extract more Mm -hmm. from the- Quantity. Yeah, if I get get more uh, extraction of financial success in my dividends, in ownership rather than you know redistributing that to the people that have actually purchased the products or that have built the software or services that have made me able to even extract any dividend whatsoever that i'm going to take that extra dividend and i'm going to purchase my third or fourth boat or whatever and that's going to make me happy because i'll be able to show off to other people that i have that luxury asset so it's a level of consciousness that's still stuck in the parable of the rich fool, which was tried to be taught for thousands of years of you don't want to actually create an extra barn for the storage of your excess resources. You would rather store that in the stomachs of your brothers and sisters. The quality, yeah. yeah, just like the quality versus quantity. We want to, we want quality of what we're consuming across the board in our what we're watching with our eyes all the senses what we're taking into our senses what we feel what we eat what we talk about and and consume on every level because everything is food at the end of the day everything is food and it's quality 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 over quantity and i think that's what we have to like the whole wave of fast food and fast apps there's nothing wrong with the convenience of an app being able to bring you something from store to your door (laughs) but when it loses the quality because you the whole time issue like you want it this second but then on the back end if you get things too quick on the back end you're going to end up with some kind of dis-ease of the mind or body and then you're going to have to address that and it's going to take time to heal yourself when you can be consistently well like focus focus on wellness consistently throughout and that comes down to the quality so that you can okay so it takes an extra 20 or 30 minutes to prepare some kind of food item in that 20 or 30 minutes 
go take a walk outside, uh, yeah. listen to some woke information, uh, go hug your dog, anything that will keep yourself in that good state so that by the time the thing does arrive, you're already there and you get the best of all. It's it's just synergy and it's quantity and it's it's all works hand in hand. Um, the quality. The qual- quality. quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's why also Robert Piercig had the metaphysics of quality in Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, literally yeah. at the yeah at the level of the nature of reality. And this is why, you know, Josh Holland, who's one of our, you know, close friends that's been on the show a bunch as well, you know, the five pillars of awareness you really have at the top, you have quality awareness over everything else because quality awareness leads you to quality sleep and recovery, mm-hmm. quality consumption, which includes the all the awareness gives purpose to all those things of why things. you should want to be, why they should be quality. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yep, yep. That's why he put that at the top, and that's why we talk about it a lot as people ask us more and more frequently now. They're like, you know, how do I awaken to the nature of what I am faster? Well, you are what you seek, and you recognize that by becoming aware of awareness itself and what is the I and so many other aspects, but you really need quality awareness moment to moment you have to become the master of that monkey mind like has been taught for thousands of years in 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 those mystic traditions and Mm -hmm. and you're right boiling it down to quality and being able to sort of recognize that i can do something that actually brings me like sunbathing that brings me a little bit more calming down and more vitamin D, more nourishment of listening to those hummingbirds for 20 minutes rather than, you know, you know, clicking the button and getting the instant, you know, there's times for, for both of those, Mm -hmm. but just to know that you have the option. So many people still don't feel like they know that they have the option to slow themselves down to the point where even the hummingbird and sunlight can give them awe and bliss and remembrance and connection to their own creation that is this it's so so critical quality metaphysics of quality is such a such a critical one over the last you know like nine months for me has been massive i'm glad that we really honed in on that and you you mentioned it several times also was that you know, really think about the inputs that are coming in, food, data, all inputs. Mm-hmm. And and also in terms of your own outputs, you know, something that was really crazy was like, like two, three weeks ago, I'm just sitting in a very sort of consistent state of void to infinity realization. And I'm like, I have all these... I I have thousands of files that I want to stream, but I've even decided that, you know, I only want to, you know, maybe even do a hundred or something of those because I, I don't want to put too much even noise out, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and even then I'm back at this hundred and I'm like, once you realize there's nothing to fucking say, 
There's just nothing to say anymore. You just, just sounds. <laughs> it's just radiating bliss and peace and childlike awe. And you want to, of course, also do the tantric weaving of the realizations via entrepreneurship and art and all these other things, which is the natural course of the morality and the firework to be in service like that with wisdom and love. It's to the degree, can you become so sensitive to recognize that everything that you distribute outward is going to be consumed as an input by others? And so to, in a sense, only really feel into the quality of everything. Mm -hmm. And you have a... Actually, it's probably pretty... We could could probably do some of our quality music. Our quality vibrations. Our quality vibrations. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, so let's see here. We have, so Shane has been, let's see, how many years now? Let's do a little bit of background on um, getting into the singing and songwriting. So I've always been performing in one way or another on a stage since forever <laughs> literally forever there's like preschool the whole preschool video thing of me and um and you can see that i'm in my element that um that was my favorite form was to just be like look at me and i don't even know if i have anything to say but you could just look at me <laughs> and hear me and and that would just be a lot of fun and then I would do performing camp. So I was always, it's, it's been since my mind could per- perceive and like understand expression, I guess. Yeah. Um, I picked up music from, it was probably in like my teenage years. I wasn't really, I was on a weird trajectory listening to the everyday like Usher and like Genuine because of the people that I was involved with in school. But then my brothers, um, both of my brothers were like, yo, there's there's a better way. (laughs) Here's here's the Beatles and like here's uh, classical music, Bach and Chopin and um, a lot more quality. Yeah. Um, and there's not that there's not pop like quality pop music, but that there's fundamentals. There's like fundamentals of, of quality that that's when you can experience that helps you know what you really feel is the quality of the mainstream. And so then I just loved I was so in awe of my older brother I wanted to be friends with all his friends I want to be with him all the time and he thought I was so annoying which was (laughs) cute (laughs) and and then he so he would uh we had to pick an instrument in school so I picked violin then he wanted to do flute I wanted to do flute he wanted to do guitar I wanted to play guitar um and he's such a great singer and he ended up going to Berkeley School of Music and I didn't really enjoy the education system i would say like going to attend college like i wasn't a hundred percent dedicated to just music i wanted to do i was doing musical theater singing dancing acting i loved the whole gamut of of the onstage performance and the film performance um path so to my like to go study that 
in a serious setting um i felt like i just wanted to experience it so then i kind of did a whole well i just want to go to new york city and go audition and and go you know act and sing and do whatever like i had no concept of of what it meant uh, I think I... I love that sort of seeking <laughs> impulse for the firework side of it, for the expressionary, entrepreneurial, artistic side of it. That That's such a critical also component. It's like both the absolute GPS callback to source component, but also the the same style GPS signal that's like... I don't know how I'm going to artistically, musically express myself, but I'm going to New York and I'm yeah, just going to... Like, yeah. that's a pl- I, I figured it was a place. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't know how to hone the skill um, because my, usually with acting and that kind of thing, you, you tend to have someone early in your life who is like a stage mom or like the mom or the dad who brings you to the auditions and then you start meeting agents and that's how it grows. But my mom was like, I don't know. She was a nurse. I don't know how to do this for you. So like you could go pursue it, but good luck. And uh, she was always super supportive no matter what I did. Um, So I said, well, I I don't want to go to school. I think that it's a game. I think that the education system is is a game. And I think that you can, I think that life itself and experiencing life is an education. I would rather like we would play the board game of life and you know you have the option to just go play or you can go to college and then you can pick from the stack of job cards that are like the better (laughs) paying jobs but then in the game of life it's chance so like I would end up around everybody else anyway who chose to wait the few steps to go to college Uh, but she my mom really was like you need something to that that was I guess her her background was like you need a piece of paper like you need a degree to show that you studied and that you've that you can do this and so I said okay I'll go to the Fashion Institute of Technology I ended up getting into because I love crafting I love painting I love drawing I love making clothes and anything like that Um, so I went there because it wasn't going to put me in debt I had an idea and I didn't even I, I couldn't put it into a conversation at the time, but something made me feel just like the medication and pharmaceutical game when they try to diagnose you with something and put you on meds, that the college education at the time was some kind of game that I was like, I really don't want to be in debt forever if I'm not totally sure. Like I, what I want to do, I feel like a lot of the people that I uh, want to be like didn't go through this. So I want to be like them like I don't want to go through it either Um, education is important for sure and it definitely works and it's definitely valuable for for others but for myself it it just didn't feel right it didn't feel like the right path but I went anyway listening to my family listening to my my mom um, and that's when I got super super depressed because I felt like I wasn't being heard I wasn't I would try to audition for the dance team and they would have too many girls because it's filled with it's a school filled with girls. And so I wouldn't make it. And so it's like, how am I expressing myself? I lost I lost myself in um, my in in my depressions. Like it got to a point where I didn't even know how to seek. I didn't even know how to seek because I was so depressed that I the second I would think, well, maybe I can try this. No, that's. That's not. It's going to take too much time. It's going to no. It's not going to work. And so I was just, wow. just like logged. Like I was just jammed. Whoa. My my expression was jammed, and I I didn't want to 
be in school. I, it didn't excite me to try to work towards a degree. I wasn't trying to get a, sm- This is also a very important lesson to communicate around being more of a conscious parent because it happens across our planet where we sort of, as the older consciousness, we instill some sort of, uh, in many ways, fear into the younger consciousness that, you know, if you don't get this sheet of paper, you know, and it's not just that component or go down to this it. path. Go yeah, down yeah. this path. It's 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 the relentless sort of like beating over the head of like the creative expression out of the of the of the new portal of consciousness in. You, you let it firework itself, you know, type situation. Yeah. So yeah, parents specifically have the it, they do they, they they say that they do it with so much love, but the, but it's always very much not recognized as also something that has a strong tendency to diminish the spark. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's the communication that you have with your child. I think because when you have a set idea of what something should look like and it's not looking like that and then you start to want to in, interject and kind of for not force it, but like coerce it and, and yes, um, yes. mold it. Yes then um it it can get the 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 communication can get lost like parents are trying to chisel the you've seen the you know the statue that chisels itself right parents are trying to come in and chisel their own you know kids statue it's like no like the expression of infinity will chisel itself like you have of course the role to play to the basic water food shelter that type of stuff but really the buffet of options should be wide open and should basically be followed by the child's interest the montessori method as maria montessori you know popularized it's that's the core and it was even back two thousand years ago it's just something that is really important because i've also had still i'm 20 fucking eight and i still have family influences taking the firework and being like no no it should be like this it's like come on like time's Time's, ticking yeah it's these things aren't happening and biological things are happening it's okay okay yeah okay so the so the artistic expression almost got locked and I think this is also interesting. It's like the it was, seeking, it was a sli- it was like yeah. a slingshot. It felt like a slingshot. It was being pulled, like where it was like it was there. Oh whoa! But then, then the work. trauma of my dad made me feel insecure, and I felt kind of lost from that. And then growing up and um, not really knowing where to put where to put it, what to do, because yeah. I would yep. be doing anything. I would be trying piano and and all the things I stated before. Um, so it was like slingshotting where I was. I was getting farther and farther away from my source and being able to channel that and that those those layers were being built up uh, very strongly where to the point where I didn't uh, I didn't understand existence or wanted to like I didn't want to yeah um so I was suicidal and then when I was told I could take medication for it that's when I wanted to turn it around and uh i think with uh 
I want to say I left, I, I just woke up one day and didn't want to feel that way anymore. I just didn't want to feel that weight anymore. So I said, I want to try to live the way that I see and I'm not going to be listening to anyone else. Um, and so I explained, I just signed myself out of school that day, started going around the city looking for work, got a bunch of different part-time jobs, doing all kinds of things. I worked at the Blue Note Jazz Club, um, tried to surround myself, got a, a job in a production company and tried yeah. to surround myself yeah. thinking uh, apprenticeship was what I was after. I wanted to be put in a place that people were doing what I would like want to learn so that I can be there observing. Just like we learn, yes. uh, you don't give a baby a manual on how to walk. <laughs> you it, it's there and it's see or it's how to talk like it's there and it's seeing and observing and experiencing and it starts to good, imitate good. imitate yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah sound and 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 motion and um it's you know it's helpful when the parents like picking them up and it's definitely plays a part is to, is to be guided in a certain way but not yes told like this is how this is done um and have flexibility so once i did that I felt more free and, and felt like I could express myself and then ended up finding others, like a group of people uh, out in New Jersey. So I moved from the city to New Jersey because there was more space to create and you could have little, uh, like just like this, like a home studio. And, and then started uh, getting ideas like uh there was a local television station that had an uh, a open studio and we i was like oh i could do something like peewee's playhouse and um and make a show for kids because i was always in jobs that involved kids babysitting or um party entertainment anything like that and so my expression came out as i'm gonna make a show and came to me I think one of my brother's songs called Room of a Hundred Doors I got this idea it, it was almost like a VR type idea where it's a multiverse thing where this girl is kind of lost and she's in the woods and she sees a box and um, the idea is what is inside of a box just a brown cardboard box and a kid would see it as a spaceship or a house or a grocery cart and with your imagination like Einstein says imagination is more important than knowledge you could go beyond the chains of what reality is now to evolve it and um bring about something new so going into this box the character in the show crawls in and then out the other side is this magical room of like doors everywhere that uh, is it's like basically card everything's made of cardboard and using sustainable i was like oh it's gonna be great have a low budget use sustainable resources and show people through our production that we can um like we don't really need that much of a budget if we have willpower and manpower and and love and joy and we are enjoying ourselves and um so i started creating like that but then lost the space to sports and debates. They were like, oh, a new manager's in the studio and he needs to take the studio space for, for town sports stuff and debates. So I kind of felt rejected um, 
and had to figure out how to express myself again. But then in that process had met a mentor, Steve Weiss, the wonderful magician from New Jersey. He's a party entertainer that he had responded to an ad I put out to find creators for the show. But he kind of was like my my right hand for the show. He we just loved each other's company and loved how we created. So he said, OK, if you lost the studio space, like I want to show you how you uh, can actually monetize and create shows for kids for parties and birthday parties and events. And he mentored me to do that. And so for 10 years after that, that's how my expression came out. I did face painting and balloon twisting and magic princesses and (laughs) all these things for kids. And I loved it. And then COVID. But people were very creative with how they continued to do that with like drive-bys. Like I did singing telegrams. And so you could just drive by and like show up at people. I, oh yeah, the singing telegrams are the best. <laughs> to just be able to be ridiculous and, and see the expression of joy that people, or horror that people feel when they see you coming because you have all these balloons or you're in this costume. I've never done the mascot costume though. Like people sometimes dress as like gorillas or bananas as a singing telegram, but I've done just like the Marilyn Monroe, like very voluptuous, um, like happy birthday singer or um, like for a holiday party, I I wrote a whole um, song about a, a lady that was turning 70 and she gave me all these facts about her and she wanted me to like sing it to her friends and I wrote a whole song about her for her and sang it to her her event like her party and so that's it there's endless ways like you said endless ways of expression um, and and then I after COVID it stopped everything because there was a flow. I got onto a flow when you express and you're just really in it. The world recognizes that and then you become valuable to them because they want a part of what you're doing. And so I kept getting called and it it became seamless where I didn't have to like advertise much. It just came to me. And then when that stopped because of COVID, I thought to myself, there's a way to refine my expression now because I love children. I'm always going to love entertaining and talking with children but it it felt like there there was something like burning in my soul to heighten or the quality of my entertainment I wanted to heighten the quality of my entertainment and expression Um, so I decided to actually sit and focus and start writing a book about a whole other crazy experience like I don't even yeah, I have, have a such a hard time to, yeah. to <laughs> um, com- compartmentalize or to express like my life story. It would probably take me a couple hours, not even hours on the, on the show to write. Like, let's yeah, yeah, to, let's, yeah. If I wrote a book about all the like, oh my god, experiences, we of spent my two life, and a half hours just talking about just like pre a couple stories. Yeah, a couple of the salient stories, yeah. stories that you'd go what. Wow. So like those kinds of stories. So there's a five year period that however much you want to share. Yeah. Yeah. There's a five year period that what like what I'm currently working on that um, is so dear to my heart and such an important expression for me because this story, I think, as an expression was the thing that that was like kind of backlogging me like this is something I wanted to do so long ago, but was too afraid to approach it because of the subject matter. It had to do with um, my father had wrote a book in 1978 
uh, and it was called Off the Wall. It was written by Charles Wilford. He was a true crime writer in the 70s. My dad had an experience where in 1977, he ended up moving into an apartment below the son of Sam, who is an infamous serial killer and of, in New York. And during the year, like talk about timing and synergy of weird experiences, the year he was doing his his killings my dad moved into an apartment below him and he took notice of my dad and tried to terrorize him and and um just focus on him too and so my dad wrote a book about the experiences of of helping like lead the police eventually to him and then he was caught and then um people wanted to know what that experience was like because David Berkowitz had all these writings on his apartment walls and some of it had to do with my father so as a child, I didn't understand what this book was that was written because it was very sensationalized, very uh, true crime. And it scared my teachers when I would try to do book reports on it as like an eight year old kid. So I was like, this is something that might have to be something I understand later in life. So I kind of put it away and, and focus on other things. But then it came out it's like, you know what? Now is the time. Um, I started writing to David Berkowitz because I wanted to know why or what made him uh, notice my dad downstairs in the apartment building. Was it something very surface like, oh, they were the only two white dudes in the building? Was it that my dad was a sheriff and so he felt threatened? I wanted to just know these questions just for the sake of knowing. Talk about seeking. Like that was always as a kid. Like, why did this happen to my dad? But my dad wasn't around to ask. So I found this suitcase of all these articles and and um, letters that my dad was trying to take this story and uh, make it into a made for TV movie. And at the time, they didn't have series or Netflix streaming. So he was trying to make it into a movie or made for TV movie. And when I found all these papers and what my dad was trying to do to pursue the story, and he did it up till the day he died, he kept getting interviewed. Uh, news uh, news uh, channels would call every year during the anniversary to, to ask him what had happened and, and interview him. That meant a lot to me. And I was like, you know what? I would like to carry that legacy and, and figure out what had happened with him. And that will bring, working on this story will bring my dad closer to me and like keep his spirit alive. And I thought it was such a cool story that I then started reaching out to David Berkowitz and he wrote me back. He started writing me back and we wrote letters back and forth over a few years. And just for those that are, would like to have a re slight s small recap. So, so your your father moved into the apartment underneath of David the same year that David was undergoing killing seven people. Yes, in he says he was New possessed. York. He claims he's, that he's claims possessed. He's possessed. Yeah. And then twenty five years later ish. Yeah. Ish, um, Shana's writing. I was like 30, like 30 or because it's the the 40th anniversary just happened in 2017. Okay. So it was more like around I started writing to him a couple years before that. So it was like 30, 30 something years, 30 something years later. Shana writes, you know, this is again, this is very much like a very fascinating way for source to in to engage with yeah. itself because you have basically an entire 
suite of people that are you to have the feeling of hatred and 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 don't want to do this whatsoever yeah. and then the sort of calling of of in a sense it's forgiveness but it's also interest and inquiry and just to also to have the way that he'll feel while he's in prison to receive a letter from your father's yeah, the you, daughter, the of, daughter the, of the father. Yeah, of, of him. And that's why I wanted yeah. to know the depths of it because I also had the feeling that he, it might have been sensationalized. The story itself might have been sensationalized of like just the wrong place at the wrong time and, and let's do something with it. And so I wanted to ask him because he was one of the only people alive surrounding the case um, what actually had happened because also there were people that were reaching out to me through Facebook saying he didn't work alone. There's there's books. There's a book from Maury Terry called The Ultimate Evil that mentions your dad. And he did all this research that that says he didn't work alone, that there's all this evidence that there's a conspiracy, that he was part of a group, that he was the one to take the fall. And nothing is provable. And I just became so curious and wanted to go to the source. That's really yeah. what it became. It's like, I wanted to go to the source. And then people start to confuse it with like, well, why are you giving it the time of day? Why are you, why do you care what he thinks? Uh, what, like the idea of truth. Um, it, it wasn't even about seeking the truth. It was just about seeing, like, I ended up then going to visit him. I sat with him, like as close as we are now. There's no plas there's no plexiglass. You don't it's not like you make phone calls like that. It's just open space yeah. where two people are sitting and talking. Wow. And the vibration, wow. like we were talking about vibration. It doesn't matter what's coming out of the your mouth as far as what word choice you're using. People receive an energy and a vibration. And that's what I wanted to know what it felt like to sit with someone like that because what I had discovered before I went to visit was that he became a born-again Christian and felt that he found source. He calls it Jesus, and he felt he found Jesus and became a, a man of God that that wants to spread light. Yeah. And so in my mind, I saw it as like, so it, it's like alchemy because he really was a, a considered a model inmate. Like he was very, like a very sweet um prisoner where he didn't cause trouble he he did what he had to do he always had he always worked his job and and appreciated it it's the alchemical pulls from murder to finding <laughs> jesus to to well to like i don't know where the story comes from of enlightenment where it's someone it says like first man chops wood carries water then man finds enlightenment and chops wood and carries water yeah i believe that's a zen tradition yeah, it, yeah so so that's the kind of the way i saw him was like for the first 10 years he was in prison, he was in torment because he didn't know. Just like I, the first thing I wrote to him was, I'm very depressed. I'm the daughter of someone you once knew. I wanted to write to you because I wanted to understand why someone like you in your position would even wake up in the morning. What inspires you to want to keep living when you can kill yourself? You know you're never going to get out. Uh, you've been in there for so long. You have no concept of what's outside of, of those walls. How do you keep a smile on your face and, and then more so even want to help others who are in there to, to inspire them to want to live? And that's I, I approached it where I was writing like I was uh, that like of a young child, like with a childlike wonder of I feel like I'm in prison in my own body. You're in 
double prison where you're in prison with your like where your soul is in your body and your body is in a structure that you can't leave so like what what is what is it so that's really what i was seeking was i was trying to go in and find the light uh of his soul because he's still alive like he's still a person that's alive and um there's the yin yang there's always like a little darkness in the in the the light and a little light in the darkness so i was uh looking to be an alchemist uh and express the alchemy of taking a story that really scares people and then putting a twist on it that inspires them to see that wow if i could perceive something like that then anything is possible um i started contacting even the people i met around pursuing the book I talked to one of the victims, uh, Carl De Niro, who's writing his own book about he was shot but survived. He has a plate in his head. And his daughter went to Brooklyn Film School to make a movie about his experience of what he went through. So it's like, I call it shrapnel. All the people that reverberated um, through the experience of like this one nugget of, of a story, there's all these other stories that span out that have to do with this. Like it's like a little energy tornado and then all the things that are affected, like even it's like kind of raining out here. Those are still stories to be told. Yeah, that's a really important visualization of how a experience, like you said, reverberates out and then makes another whole web of interrelated stories that are told like the 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 like the so along with the seven murders there were six serious wounded wounded and one of them was the one with this carl yeah carl and like there's so there's like art made about that and then Mm -hmm. there's art like you're making two things his daughter made a movie he's writing a book he's publishing a book i have a book that's being published and my dad had a book. So like there's all these it's it's That's like really cool. different perspectives around it's a prism of perspectives around this yeah. main idea of the, yeah. the same story. And that's what I was always irked. Wow. I had to pursue it because every time out of all the projects I wanted to pursue, like want to do music, but then COVID stopped being able to go out live and being able to meet. And so that's back burner. But then the book, you could write a book, you could write the story by yourself with minimal um interaction and i really wanted to give it the chance to get it out of me and out of my backlog because that is the like og thing that inspired me to be like i want to perform because this happened and it it makes me want to talk about it and i feel that was that was worth pursuing even if it's like such a strange topic and like it's it's like the night sky it's so dark but there's there's stars that make it so beautiful if you just focus on the stars instead of the dark matter that's that's in the sky yeah there's simultaneously the hot iron ball like bernardo kostrup says that is you know coming creatively out that you know that must be shared like with what you're discussing with the project and yet at the same time it's so strange like there's all the stories of kind of like the archetype of the child that had the experience of 
their parents like successful business or some sort of traumatic scenario which then is like carrying this torch or this baton to share and like kind of it's also balanced with like is this really me is this really what i'm here to do and so Mm -hmm. like yeah so kind of yeah and we talked a, a lot also in that two and a half hours about like the whole fuck it ship it mentality right too. it's that's what i yeah. just wanted to like i'm gonna oh it's always gonna come around this is the just the perfect timing to to get it out and uh express it so that's what i did and and it will be coming soon yeah this is a nuts story it's like one of i don't know like two like really nuts parts of your yeah trajectory two out of infinity yeah there's a lot of <laughs> yeah 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 there's 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 several components in the trajectory that were seen as treasures now on the other side of massive you know traumas so yeah let's um let's let's jump into some of the the upcoming expressions music musically so mm-hmm. you've been profoundly influenced by Ram Das be here now mm-hmm. yeah that book that is like a they call it a bathroom read it's the kind of book that you can literally just scroll it and open to any page and read that and just go think about that for a while and you don't have it's not like you have to read it and like put a bookmark in it you just you can open it at any time any point the toilet read (laughs) not in the quality that's the complete opposite it's so quality um but be here now i just loved that concept and so i wrote a song that is percussive it's a percussive song that i love to express and i love to perform (laughs) i'm so excited for this drink some water All right, and so it's percussive too. So yeah, you could join along if you if you so choose to feel the rhythm coming through you while you listen to it. <laughs> Let's see. So something like that. I hear music in the echo of this water falling down, and the day that you all hear it, I'll be gone from this here town. You won't find me in the city. You won't find me in the streets. Just look up to see me flying, or soaring anywhere I please, where I please, where I please. And you, oh, you gotta listen for echo, echo, echo. And to hear that sound, you gotta be here now. I go dancing when I'm walking, cause this world can get me down. You should try it too, you'll feel it, from your feet up to your crown. People tell us that we're crazy, people tell us that we're mad, but mentally they're lazy. Grasping anything they can Think they can Think they can And you You gotta listen for echo Echo, echo And hear that sound You gotta be here now Be here now I'm just here to say It's gonna be alright If you feel me now Live your dreams and fight 
If you're feeling this, you know exactly what to do. It's not up to me or up to him. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. And you, oh, you gotta listen for echo, echo, echo. And I hear that sound. You gotta be here now. 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 Mm. Always gotta give the kiss. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this, this is definitely one of my faves. I really love it. Thank you so much for allowing me to express that and for receiving it as clearly as you did before and do now. And I hope that everyone that heard it just now feels the quality of transmission regardless of the perfection that was pure expression in the moment yeah. right here right yeah. now <laughs> yeah that that's one of the mimetic vibes especially via music that i feel will be really catalytic on the awakening because it's packaged together in such a rhythmically satisfying melodic way and that makes people want to sing along mm -hmm. and the whole idea of sing along is it's mission critical for getting the memes that are disseminated to stick and to become popular in the culture and so you really produce something here that I'm excited to see how some of our awesome peeps here in LA will hopefully be able to help be catalytic. We'll see if yeah, I'm excited for, for my tribe. I've always been looking to attract my tribe of creators to create with, um, just like, cause this, this book has been a practice of creating in a bubble of just the process of getting it out is just alone, just a, being a sole writer. But being a musician, you can create, it's so much fun to express and align those vibrations with others um, because it's, it's like an amplification, like all of our energies when they're aligned, doing that same thing in that focused space um, amplifies the message, amplifies the vibration. And um, yeah, I, it's, it's affirmation. Like I love singing things that, you know, if people are going to, have it stuck like they call it earworms if people are going to have those things stuck in their minds have lyrics or words or expressions stuck in their minds i would love for them to be positive and um something that yeah. makes it feel good to say over and over and over yeah yeah it's a straight up namaste right straight up just bow to that beautiful divine firework expression that was adore it i really hope yeah zeb kyle i really hope that some of our friends want to embark on producing this with you because i adore it and i think it again i think it just makes the love spread 
through not only your beautiful voice but also the way that you put it together rhythmically is is i think that that's really the key and it's sing along that type of thing is is going to be critical for disseminating music and other content that then catalyzes the largest scale butterfly effect of awakening yeah for sure thank you for show for yeah. show thank you so yeah. much yeah i'm so jacked that was just just be here now be here now <laughs> That's like the da dancing down the street. It's a good visual. Like I go dancing when I'm walking because this world can get me down. Whenever I'm feeling down, if you just start dancing, ooh, ooh, gives me life. <laughs> I, I totally, I totally agree with that vibe. Like, yeah. You gotta go inward first to, to go, go outward. outward. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, you're right though. It's like, can you? trigger the dancey free flowy state you know just walking on the street can you pick up a little bit of beat yeah some kind of the rhythm listening for the rhythm of the street sounds uh car honks like the timing of that if you're really aware it's a good meditation it's an active meditation yeah. um oftentimes you'll, you'll also have feedback and get get like a communication back from your surroundings it, it's almost like it the awareness becomes aware of your awareness of it and so like i'll give an example of something that happened yesterday i was thinking a thought and as i was thinking it i look up at and that moment a billboard is the response like i'm having a conversation my awareness without words is having a conversation with the outward awareness uh, like looking at me or like focused upon yeah. me and that is that is so mad it's magic it just yes. it feels yes. like magic yeah it's that feeling that you get when you watch a magician as a little kid like you just can't figure out how you kind of know that there's something to it but you just you're like what oh my god <laughs> oh my god we are very much so in our own alchemistry right our own little alchemical ascensionary firework yeah and it's so cool that you can you can see you can see it you know mirroring feedbacking all the time but one has to get inward first to the point where they recognize themselves as that infinite creator as that source that expresses all of the possible combinations and then therefore the awareness no longer becomes something that's siloed and egoic but it becomes something that's shared yeah. and eternal and then everything from there flows harmonically and the level of identity has become identified with your true nature and not with what is under the veil because the veil is what creates so much of the planetary disaster it's likely the most upstream target of the planetary awakening is to dissolve as much ego as possible especially in positions of leadership mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and music like that does it like can you imagine you know like we love like the un or whatever just like singing 
be here now, right? You know, like at the I general assembly. It. Like I love stuff like that. That's and like, you know, having a little like also them like playing the drum circle, like, you know, and collectively singing and Absolutely. Like how much more peace does that catalyze? How much less stress? All that type of stuff. I yeah. think that's that's the future that we envision as an enlightened collective dreamed planet aware souls <laughs> dream planet. dream 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 this is great okay i think i think that's pretty solid um so eventually you'll also be embarking on your joy on a bus which is very exciting that's so future future talk so yeah we'll this. put a bookmark on the joy on a bus that's the only job that I will ever have is joy on a bus. <laughs> yeah. Is the idea between Love, Peace, and Paint, what I did, that was my company, Love, Peace, and Paint, for face painting, party entertainment. And then with what I express in the book about law of attraction and, um, and alchemy and all that, uh, job on a bus is like the way to tour that and to be able to bring it from place to place i always envision having like an rv i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why but i keep having this vision of traveling on an rv and then getting off the bus and setting up some kind of like mobile stage fire dancing and people to, and just having an attraction to gather people so that when we draw them in they ask what we're doing and ask what it is and our joy from our bus the joy on a bus we have websites or information to share with them to show them that there's other ways of being um like being a traveler you don't have to be fixed into one place there's ways of tapping into your own collective to be able to travel um, from state to state or country to country when everything opens. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just future stuff is the job. Joy on a bus. This phenomenon became so much more popular. I love it. It's There's, like, more and more people that like sort tiny of... tiny homes. Yeah. And, and like, yurts and, and yeah. And I, I specifically love how you have the focus on the, bringing the joy on the bus because you're not just a traveler on the road, but there's now more and more people that are sort of putting together their own unique combination of what they think joy on a bus is and bringing that out to like setting up stages like you were describing and having festivities and music. And, and it's a real, that's really exciting because it's, it's probably one of the cool archetypes of what it's like to commune with your true nature and then literally bring joy not just on a one person level but bring joy on a bus yeah well the <laughs> ken, the ken kesey ken kesey he did he that's where i think i got the idea from a long time ago is that ken kesey and i think the he called it ken kesey and the band of merrymakers it would just be a bunch of people that got on the bus it was the hippie culture in the 60s when they started dosing people with acid and they would go from town to town painting the bus like all of these people would get off the bus they'd paint it up they'd paint themselves and people would wonder what they're doing and be like oh you're hippies but they would bring awareness to something that was happening that was growing that was changing um and then they would just get back on and 
and go to the next town and, and do that. And uh, he wrote the One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest, uh, Ken Kesey, and a bunch of other cool electric Kool-Aid, acid Kool-Aid, something like that. But such a concept to have your little community traveling with you. And I saw that as something that was valuable and, and, and very um, a, a good way of expressing and sharing information like even with yeah. the internet it's still like it, it's sure we could make a bunch of websites it's and like try to mobile in-person in joy per, yeah when yeah. you see something like that driving, driving down the street yeah, exactly. you you kind of joy want to know what it is you where are they know going how to go commune with yeah. some joy from a bus that'd be funny yeah it'd be <laughs> playful yeah yeah, if it's playing music yeah. and bubbles, colors, anything oh, that's, that's so a, attracting yeah, yeah. the light, attracting that kind of, of thing. You got me at bubbles, it. yeah. Of yeah. course you did, yeah. <laughs> That's great, yeah. Also you singing, yeah. Yay! That'd be so good. Yeah, paint, all that cool stuff. Colors, infinite expressions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Blank canvases and color, yeah, for sure. This is, uh, this is very much making sure that the Pablo Picasso childlike awe is retained throughout your adolescence and adulthood so that you don't become a corporate zombie in a straitjacket. Mm -hmm. And don't fear or worry. That's the key thing is what helped me express was to work on letting go and releasing the fear of, of what it looks like, how it sounds, if it's perfect, and yeah. uh, Dr. Seuss, my favorite quote is, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. So it's it feels so joyous to be able to connect with yourself without that doubt and that fear and that worry that something is off with that if you feel connected to yourself then ex like go express <laughs> yeah there's nothing sexier than the courage to be exactly the unique expression firework of infinity the uiest you, you you can be yeah the uiest you you can be yeah i love that mm -hmm. what a great way to rap be the uiest you you can be i love that because the was it the law of one there's only one you. Yeah. There's only one you. Yeah. So be it. <laughs> yep. Amen. Perfect. Yay. I love it. Yay. <laughs> Ouroboros. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we need to it's dance great. like a dance track. We need an outro of you know you know we we actually used to have a uh, uh intro and outro music from our first like 500 or so episodes and so we may bring that back once we have some of sort of something that we like you know we might produce our own little like dj track that kind of incorporates those remember like we were singing like let it happen mm -hmm. forever forever ever yeah. you know we might just grab a bunch of different stuff that 
that that we like across and put it all together into because there's a lot of good ones that already sort of exist across different popular music as their choruses and mm-hmm. to to know how to stitch them together in a way that's exciting yeah yeah um well then i have a lot of toys a lot of musical toys to bring Perfect. next time like looper pedals and things that yeah sing and it loops and then we can add layers to it i love that yeah we'll play with that that's a great idea yay music idea. production yay <laughs> yeah and as as uh, as francis lucille says uh eternal fireworks contemplate that thank you so much for having me here i appreciate it beyond words beyond time beyond quality beyond value beyond any expression of that i could communicate with my my words i really appreciate being here it's magical (laughs) we reflect back that gratitude for this beautiful divine synchronization yeah yeah those two and a half hours before we even did the show that was like some of the longest like you know powwow pre-show powwow we we ever have so that was also a good indicator it's like yeah there's just so much beauty to unpack so that was so fun awesome everyone Shayna Craig, you can find her links in the bio below, her YouTube profile. Go and check that out. Also, her Instagram and her website. Go and check those links out. And be on the lookout for the book, also for the music drops. And let us know how you feel about the conversation in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a comment. If the video brought you value, give it a like. Subscribe if you haven't. Share the video with other people that you think would find it exciting and useful. And that is all much love. That's it for our show. Mm -hmm. So we must go.